We've seen a ton of self-tapes come in for our film and theater projects of late. I have to say the submissions are getting so much better than they were during COVID. There are still some actors that should review the way they are submitting themselves, though. I think it's time to let you in on some power tips that can up your on-camera game and move you into the yes column. Here is a reminder patio podcast video that we are calling self-tape tweaks. <laughs> Come on, jump in. The talent pool is just right for you. <laughs> it's time for another episode of Casting Actors Cast, insights for actors from a casting director. Here he is, your host, Jeffrey Dreisbach. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of Casting Actors Cast. I'm casting partner Jeffrey Dreisbach with the McCorkle Group in New York. How are you? I hope you're having a good day. Hey, I'm having a really good day and I'm excited about today's podcast as we go over self-tape tweaks. Some things that you might not have considered or some things you might have forgotten since our past patio podcast videos regarding doing your self-tapes. But first, this is that moment of the podcast where I get to say thank you so much for tuning into Casting Actors Cast. We continue to grow our audience, and I couldn't be more excited. Really looking forward to 2024. If you haven't done so already, I invite you to check out the website, castingactorscast, all one word, dot com. And if you do that, the landing page is going to open up some information about the podcast, but also you're going to find a place that you can fill out a form to ask me any questions. So if you have some lingering questions you want answers to on the podcast, please, that's the way to do it. It asks for your name and your email address, and then all you need to do is ask the question. Guess what? When you submit that form to me, it automatically opens up some freebies for you just for taking the time to ask a question. And that is um, the freebies. And, and I mean, like literally freebies. I Every once in a while, it's so funny to me. I still get emails from people saying, um, I'm sure they're not really free. <laughs> like, what, what do you think I am? <laughs> But I can promise you these are absolutely free to download. One is a book on doing voiceover work called Conversation Pieces Out of the Studio, the voiceover workshop for professional actors. That's yours absolutely free of charge. Additionally, there's a video that you can watch right away. Um, it's called Casting Secrets, What They Don't Tell You. Um, it's a 20-minute free video. And I'm sending you and giving you these gifts just for filling out that form. But it also lets me know that you are out there. You know what? If you've got anything out of these podcasts, if you are new or a regular listener to Casting Actors Cast, I invite you to please consider giving me a review, a thumbs up. Uh, please consider uh, signing up uh, for uh, all of the information through the podcast, if you will. That just helps me do this. I do this for the love and for the fun of it. So please do yourself a favor and help me out at the same time. Enjoy the podcast, but then let me know how we're doing. Give me some feedback. I love that stuff. Okay. Uh, that's enough. But finally, I do need to shout out my good friends at ActorsConnection.com, ActorsConnection.com slash New York. Uh, they're doing all kinds of great classes online. In fact, I've got one coming up really quickly. So if you go to ActorsConnection.com slash New York, you're going to find some really exciting, excellent programming done all online. So that's definitely something for you to check out. 
All right, let's, 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 let's jump into the topic at hand today, shall we? We're talking about some self-tape tweaks for your digital video auditions, also known as self-tapes. I don't know why they say self-tapes. We know there's no tape involved, right? But I think saying digital video auditions is just kind of a, a little bit of a challenge for a lot of folks. So as we take a look at some of these, I'm sure many of them are things that you are already doing. Maybe you're employing some of these suggestions already, but maybe some of you haven't really thought too much about this. And so that's why I'm sort of bringing this up again. I think it's a really worthwhile time, especially early on in 2024, to take a look at our self-tape, to really reevaluate our setup, to reevaluate um, some of the things that we can do to actually get and garner ourselves some more attention from the casting folks that you're sending it to, directors, producers, whoever. All right, so I put together a checklist of things just to kind of go through your head as I mentioned these ideas. And um, again, I don't want to be too redundant because we've done a lot of past episodes on this stuff. But here's the thing. Um, a lot of you have responded to these podcasts. So I'm thinking, well, gosh, if I've gotten a lot of response from folks, then maybe I should continue to do some of these tweaks for your auditions. Um, so let's talk first and foremost about the camera frame. We all know that when you frame yourself in the camera, the thing not to do is to put yourself dead center in the frame. Okay, did I just freak a few of you out there? It's important that you consider being asymmetrical in the frame. What do I mean by that? I mean from left to right. You want to be to one side or to the other just slightly when you are framing yourself. Um, if you're checking me out on YouTube, by the way, you'll see that I'm asymmetrically framed perfectly. So that means slightly off center. Then you look into the direction of where there is the most space behind you. And that literally is where you place the significant other in any scene you are auditioning. Studies have shown that when you are asymmetrical in the frame, it gets an additional 40% interest in watching you. Isn't that crazy? It's sort of the idea of, you know, we love uh, things that are symmetrical in our lives as human beings. We like things to be sort of organized and visually and spatially, we like everything to be sort of um, even and focused. And so when you are asymmetrical in the frame, that slight jarring difference actually gets you to focus more on um, what's going on. So if you're an, an observer, then you are definitely um, kind of slightly, in a good way, confused because it's not asymmetrical. Sorry, it's not symmetrical. So therefore, asymmetry is where you want to be. Now, I only said slight, so I want to repeat that. It's as if the center line of the frame is going through your right ear or your right side, left ear, left side. Again, the side doesn't really, really matter. Second of all, in terms of your framing, I still see a lot of auditions where there's too much headroom. Headroom is the space between the top of your head and the top of the frame. Be really careful about that. When you have a lot of headroom between the top of the head and the top of the frame, it really diminishes the work. It really doesn't fill the frame in an interesting way. And I feel like I'm not seeing you as well. 
I know that sounds weird, but it almost, I get the impression that you're shorter than you are. I get the impression that somehow you're being diminished. Now, this also works for Zoom auditions. If you have a Zoom audition, please make sure you take the time to up the camera from the laptop, putting it on some books or whatever you need to do, but making sure that the camera is right directly in front of your eyes. But it's that headroom uh, in terms of the frame that I think gets kind of forgotten quite a bit. All right, so um, let's also finally uh, talk about the um, framing of the shot when it relates to doing a television or film audition and doing a theater audition. Please know that chest bone up is where you want to frame yourself. Slightly off-center, asymmetrical, with a little bit of headroom. Simple. For film and television, shoot from the chest up. That means the camera, or if you're using your cell phone, is going to be slightly closer so that we see more of what's going on in your face. Simple. Now, if you're doing a theater audition, waist up. That way, it feels as if you have a little bit more room to play in. Also, psychologically, the actor feels a little more, um, they can have a little more movement. They can have a little more physicality in their audition. So waist up for theater, chest up for film and television. All right, so that's my framing um checklist that I want you to really just triple check. Make sure that you've got that set up to the best of your ability in the best way possible. So now let's move on from there. Sound. I think the number one issue I usually have is sound. I don't want to go into a lot of discussion about this with you today. I will tell you that your cell phone um, sound microphone, your cell phone microphone when it's three or four feet away just does not do you justice in terms of the way you sound. I need to hear what you actually sound like. And if I feel that the sound is too far away, if there's too much extra background noise, even that white noise that we have from traffic or whatever's going on, air conditioning, um, heaters, <laughs> whatever you've got going on, just know that I suggest in the strongest possible terms that you consider a lavalier microphone. L-A-V-A-L-I-E-R, lavalier. Uh, you know what it looks like. It's just a little, kind of looks like a little bug. It clips onto your shirt. The one I suggest is the one that has a 20-foot cord on it. Yes, I did say 20 feet. That drops down through behind your shirt, down to the floor, over, up, and into your cell phone if you're doing a cell phone self-tape. Now, I've just been told that they actually make one now that has the uh, iPhone dongle included, so you don't need the additional dongle in uh, that you used to need when you needed a self uh, when you needed a, a microphone rather um, on your cell phone. So think about that. Um, the last time I checked, they were like twenty two, twenty three dollars on Amazon. I mean, crazy cheap and a must have for your auditions. So that's covering sound. Um, moving on from there, let's talk about the background just a little bit. Uh, so many times I see actors working really hard to have that green screen or that blue screen behind them, and then it doesn't kind of cover the full frame, and so that looks a little odd. It doesn't really um, help you um, that much. I know that you think a clean, you know, nothing background is, is the way to go, and for the most part I agree, but I will say that those kind of 
oval, what they call the beans, those bean oval things, unless you have it perfectly set, I don't like seeing the edges. I don't like being taken out of watching you by having something in the background that is distracting. And that goes for everything. I mean, I think, and I know that casting is very forgiving um, in terms of your background. The only thing I would suggest is that you have a clean background that is not so busy that it takes me away from watching you. After all, that's just the point of the audition. So please just consider your background. I also want to suggest to you that you are at least three to four feet away from a back wall, for example, if you're shooting in your basement or your attic or your bedroom or blah, 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 wherever. Just make sure that you are at least three or four feet away. That helps the focus be on you and sort of diminishes psychologically as well as literally diminishes that background just a little bit. Okay, moving on from there, lighting. Uh, just please do yourself a favor. Look up three-point lighting. There are three sources of light to consider. The key light, the fill light, and the backlight. Most people know that the key light is the primary light source that's on your face. Usually that light source is 45 degrees away from the plane of your face. So if you have a ring light, I've said this many times, don't put the cell phone in the middle of the ring light. Use the ring light as a light source, but put it 45 degrees away from the front of your face, the plane of your face, and have it shoot one side of your face. Then the fill light does exactly as the name implies. It sort of fills the space with light. And then the backlight, which is what most people don't really know, and that is a light that's literally behind you shooting on the back wall as well as your back. The reason why is that it silhouettes you in light in a very subtle yet really, I think, really an excellent way and helps you to sort of pop on the screen. All right, continuing the tweaks, let's move on to number five. I don't know if this has happened to you. A lot of times this is a request for commercials or for models, but have you been asked to do a full body, you know, run the camera, record you standing straight, almost like a slate, but don't say anything, but you stand in front and then you turn sideways as somebody holding the camera goes up and down your body and sort of scans you just a little bit. I can't tell you how creepy I find that. I really do. I think it's just kind of weird. I understand why. I understand why it's being asked, but I just think it puts the, the talent in an uncomfortable place. So here's my hack for that. And this is a good one. I would like you to consider taking a full body shot of you um, as a picture, a JPEG, if you will. Hold the camera vertically and take a full body shot. Turn sideways, take a full body shot of you turning sideways. I want you to be looking really good. You need to feel good. Showing your full body, take that as a picture. Now, when you are doing your slate, it's simply a matter of incorporating that JPEG and then do what's called the Ken Burns effect. You know what that is, right? It's like you take a still photograph, but then you give a point of view for where the camera is, and then you can go up and down the JPEG as if it's a moving scan of your body. 
You see, the difference is that when you've taken the picture of you, it's a picture that you feel good about. It is now going up and down the body. So you're fulfilling the request of that person asking for a full body scan, but you are not subjected to that uncomfortability. Okay, I just made up that word, but I think it's a good one. So consider the JPEG. Also, sometimes I think splitting the screen and on one side of the screen is you doing a live slate, an introduction of you, your height and the and the project name or the character name if it's an acting audition, while the other side is going up and down your body using that Ken Burns effect. By the way, you'll find that Ken Burns effect in iMovie in almost every uh, software editing package that's out there. So I think that that's a really excellent tip. A lot of people don't know about this, but I think it's really um, a very professional way of providing the information without kind of weirding out about the discomfort of that. Okay, I've said that before. Here we go. (laughs) Let's move on to number six. This is also, I think, useful. You know that the slate needs to be recorded separately from the audition. In other words, you don't look into the camera, introduce yourself, take a breath, and then start acting. Take advantage of the technology that you have and make sure that the slate is a separate piece of video. Now, you can add that video to the audition, or you could keep it separate. Sometimes casting directors ask for a separate video slate. That's fine. Sometimes they don't. So then you can attach that first piece of video to the second piece of video, the second piece being your audition. But here's the key. Here's the hack. Here's the trick. Why not slate with the camera set up in a slightly different position? For example, if you're doing a film or television audition, why not slate from the waist up? Conversely, if you're doing a theater audition, why not give me a much more a tighter close-up, like from the chest up when you're slating, and then you go from that intro, that slate, into the audition, and of course the audition, like I said, waist up for theater, chest up for film and television. The idea is you're just varying the camera position slightly. The reason why, it just gives me more information. It gives me more information about the way you actually look. You go from a two-dimensional perspective to almost, not quite, but almost a three-dimensional perspective when I can see some additional information about you. Um, so, And finally, make sure that when you go from that one piece of video at the beginning, the slate, to the actual audition, Make sure you have either a cross fade or a quick dissolve or fade out, fade in. Something very clean, very, very simple. Don't make a big production deal out of it. It's not that important. But what is important is that you've provided this amazing information in a very short, efficient period of time. All right, moving on from there, something I still don't see very much of, and I know those folks who I've talked to or those folks that I've shared this with or even those agents that call me and ask me for some self-tape tips for their client, when you include an end card, that means at the end of your audition, you fade out at the end of your audition, then come up on your picture, come up on you live thanking me for the audition, provide your phone number, your email, Just give me some additional information for how to get in touch with you. 
That's what we call end card strategy. It's a great way to market your headshot. Once again, you have an opportunity to show me what you look like through your headshot, or you can simply look into the camera and say, thank you so much for watching. And you could verbally give me a phone number. It doesn't matter. If an casting director is watching the entire audition and you've thanked me at the end of that audition, think of the psychology of that. Think of how that is absolutely a great way to leave me with a positive, upbeat, thumbs up feeling about you. So think about doing an end card at the end of your auditions. You won't be disappointed. Um, uh, here's some other things that I've been seeing. These are common issues that I have that I see so frequently, and I just want you to make sure you're not doing some of these things. I, I see this all the time, which is that you're editing too quickly before and after the audition. In other words, you decide to edit the audition to just before you start speaking. That's wrong. That's a mistake. You need to have a few extra beats going on. I call that prior action. Something just happened that made you start this dialogue, whether you're doing it with another person or it's a monologue, whatever the audition, have a reason to come up on you either in a question or whether you're trying to think of the next thing to say, whatever it is, a few extra beats before you start talking is an amazing way that brings me into you and your audition. So be really, really careful about that. Too many times the edit is too quick and it's almost jarring, I have to say, when I'm watching your audition. So give me some nice time, some, some, a couple of beats of something going on before you act. Get it? Same thing at the end. Make sure you hold that final beat, that final moment. This is especially helpful for film and television. In theater, you know, you can do a blackout on stage, but I don't want you to do a blackout in your audition. Leave that final moment alive and then do a fast fade out on a three or a five count, depending upon whether it's a comedy or a drama. Create the mood and the atmosphere by your edits. So, Make sure you don't talk too soon before and make sure you hold that last beat at the end. Are you hanging in there so far? Good, because I got, I got plenty more to go. Um, and I know this is going to be a little bit of, of a later podcast, but I think it's very, very worth it. Um, so moving on from there, uh, uh, don't, please don't do too much fancy production. Too much fancy editing. Um, the end card has you, you know, drawing your name or, you know, something that's kind of looks like you've spent too much time on your audition. <laughs> you know, transitions are meant to be clean and efficient. And those are the, the two adjectives I would have you consider as you put those together. Um, here's another one. Uh, don't do this. I've seen too many slates of late that are just flat or disconnected to you. This is an opportunity to show me who you are. So giving me a slate, and I'm not talking about putting on something fake or, or phony. I'm saying be genuine, be truthful, connect with the lens of the camera as if it's somebody you're looking forward to meeting, and then give me your name and the information that's being asked for. But slates that are disconnected or flat or disinterested, thinking that you're just providing the information is a mistake. 
Too many times I see the wrong eye line. That means that I see actors that are still looking into the lens of the camera. That's terrible. Don't do that. What is better is to just move that view of where the significant other is in your scene six to eight inches away. And there you will be able to act your heart out as well as you're now allowing me to see both of your eyes. And that's critically important. So the wrong eye line is that you're looking down, especially during Zoom. Look up, look over. Imagine the other character there 18 inches from your face. Um, here's another one. I just see actors having a difficult time because they're by themselves in doing and putting together an audition. And I appreciate and understand the challenge of that. But what happens is that I see a presentation. I see you presenting the way that you are going to play the part rather than just immersing yourself into the role. Let me see how you are going to play the part. Don't think in terms of being or presenting the audition. Be in the moment. Really do the moment-to-moment -moment work. All that Meisner technique of observation, putting it onto the other, all of that just becomes really, really helpful, especially it makes itself so useful when you're doing a self-tape. The most important thing is to consider the following with your submissions. Number one, I want you to spend more time on your acting. What that means is make the default setting the technical stuff. Um, setting up the camera, the lighting, all that stuff, you should have that as a default setting so that you can do the most important thing, which is spend time on how you're going to play the part. Number three, in terms of how to put the, together these submissions, I've seen so many people waste time on doing take after take after take. I want you to try the th three, sorry, the three take rule. That means you're going to have to tell yourself you're going to do this audition in three takes. I mean it. Raise the bar for yourself. Let that adrenaline rush, knowing you have only three takes to do it. Let that be part of your audition. And also, that's such excellent training for when you have the callback, because no one is going to ask for more than three takes. Or when you show up on the set because you've booked the job, no one is going to let you do it until you feel good about it. Get into the habit of conditioning yourself to doing your work in three takes. Now, do the preparation. Don't omit that good work that you know to do in terms of how you're going to play the part, but make sure you tell yourself, I'm just going to do this in two, three takes rather, three takes. Number four, um, I know this is a hard one, but just do yourself a favor. Stop being critical of who you are and your work. It's such a waste of energy. So that after you submit your audition, the thinking about the audition is a waste of time. So stop being critical. Once you submit that audition, move on to the next best thing. So here's a little phrase. After you submit, the thinking about it must quit. <laughs> okay, I know it's corny. I know, I know. But if you do that, you're going to find yourself in a much healthier emotional state, a much better place. It's neither an art or a science to submit a self-tape. It's not. It's both. 
so that you make sure that the technical concerns are dealt with, followed by your art, your acting. Now, when you do that, you will guarantee a level of self-satisfaction that requires no approval. Once you relinquish control after you submit an audition, you will have arrived at a professional product that gets remembered. I'm Jeffrey Dreisbach. You've been listening to Casting Actors Cast. Please don't forget to review, like, and share Casting Actors Cast wherever you get your patios, podcast videos. Thanks. I'm Megan Grace Martinez.